Welcome to AM Best Audio. Today, up to half of the world's coral reefs have been lost or severely damaged, and that number continues to rise significantly. In fact, according to some estimates, coral reefs could disappear completely by 2070. In addition to water pollution, sedimentation, coastal development, and other issues, hurricanes and tropical storms are creating much of that destruction. I'm Lori Chortis for AMBEST Audio. Last year, the Nature Conservancy and WTW launched the first ever coral reef insurance policy in the U.S., which is designed to provide funding for rapid coral reef repair and restoration across Hawaii immediately following hurricane or tropical storm damage. Joining us now to talk about that is the Nature Conservancy's Makalea Ane, Community Program Manager in Hawaii, Julia Rose, Hawaii Island Marine Project Manager, and Eric Roberts, Climate Risk and Resilience Senior Manager of the Nature Conservancy's Global Adaptation Team. Welcome everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Aloha, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Tell us about the creation and launch of Coral Reef Insurance in the U.S. and how the idea for it came about. Sure, glad to, Lori. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll talk about where the idea came from, and then hand it over to Makalea to talk about how did it, how did it come about in Hawaii itself. Um, but the story really starts in Mexico. So back in 2005, uh, Hurricane Wilma struck the Yucatan Peninsula in Mexico, and it caused nearly eight billion dollars worth of damage. And there was a little community there, a small tourism community called Puerto Morelos, um, and people recognized that it suffered significantly less damage than other communities along the, along the coastline. Well, it turns out there's a really well-established uh, section of the Mesoamerican Reef just offshore. And so the hotel associations, the government officials, um, and others started to see, um, you know, that the reefs might be playing some role in protecting the coastline. Um, and in doing so, protecting the tourism industry, which is the foundation of the local economy. So they had this inkling that, you know, reefs were providing coastal protection. They didn't exactly know how much or how to quantify it. Um, and then that's where we started to come in. We started to work with partners there to model the economic benefits provided by reefs in terms of flood risk reduction. And then we provided those those flood risk reduction benefits and dollar values. And that really helped people to understand in the business community, the value of the coral reefs to the local communities. Now, at the same time, research was showing that reefs could be significantly damaged by hurricanes. Um, and so we also knew that, you know, from decades of experience managing ecosystems and developing restoration techniques that the cost of restoring ecosystems is very expensive, especially for coral reefs. Um, so, you know, to protect the tourism e economy in Katana Roo, we needed to find a way that we could quickly access funds and a significant amount of capital um, when those funds were most needed, right after a, a damaging event, um, to be able to actually do the reef repair and ensure that it continues to provide the flood risk reduction values that, that reefs do. So that's kind of where the initial idea started. Of course, Katana Roo was the pilot. Um, we established that project in 2019. Uh, and then since then, we've been trying to figure out how do we take this idea and expand it elsewhere. And in 2020, 2021, we did uh, some feasibility assessments in the United States on coral reef insurance in Florida and in Hawaii, and found that in Hawaii, it might be a really, uh, really good opportunity to, to develop coral reef insurance in Hawaii. Here in Hawaii, 
we um, look at coral reefs as a cultural asset. And in our Kumulipo, our creation chat, it starts off as the first living organism that was created was a coral polyp. And then from that, all life was created. And so um, just having being based and having that as our foundation um, really helped us to look at parametric insurance in a different light and really know inherently culturally the value of coral reefs and the reasons why we want to protect it. And then bringing in with TNC all the backup information on, um, you know, putting it in dollar values. And so, like Eric said, we had looked at the Mexico example and said, yes, of course, we want to be able to um, put this tool in our toolbox. And how do we, as TNC, create a pilot project here in Hawaii to um, access other um, ways of funding and financial mechanisms. Um, so yeah, so that's where we're here, why we're here, and where where we're at today. Julia, have we seen much weather-related damage to coral reefs in recent years, and how do hurricanes and tropical storms cause that destruction? Absolutely, um, we have seen weather-related damage to coral reefs in in recent years, even in Hawaii. It's a little tricky to directly measure that when you're on the reef, but essentially how this happens is as a storm builds up, uh, and, and we'll talk about how the trigger of these parametric reef insurance policies is wind speed, but of course the winds aren't actually the, th- the, the impact to coral reefs. It's the wave energy and the water energy that that, that creates. And as those waves hit the coastline uh, with uh, incredible strength, that can dislodge corals. And with all of the other threats that our reefs are facing, uh, especially in Hawaii, this is just sort of one more additional stressor that's driving a lot of reef decline. And I would just add that, you know, globally, uh, when we developed the, the Katana Ryu uh, Coral Reef Insurance Project, that was based on, on an analysis of um, storm damage to coral reefs that, you know, damage that had already been done, um, you know, assessment of historical data and correlating to show what's the the correlation between wind speed and damage to the coral reefs. And so we've certainly seen that in the Caribbean um, and we've, you know, have anecdotal uh, evidence from other places like Fiji and Philippines also showing, you know, when typhoons come through, significant damage does happen to coral reefs. So how does the coral reef parametric insurance policy work and what triggers a payout? And I know you talked a little bit about that earlier. If you could just kindly provide some more details about the policy itself and how that works. Parametric insurance, the word parametric insurance is, um, it means that it's based on, like you said, Lori, a trigger. So an event. And so in our case, our trigger would be wind speed. And so that, um, so we're watching a storm come in and as it builds up in intensity, it gets closer to the islands and our insurance is actually designed around the distance from Hawaii or how close it is geographically, but also the intensity of that storm system. And so the Mexico example that we've been talking about is based on a trigger of wind speed for category one through five. And our insurance actually is really exciting. We were able to lower that threshold to include tropical storms. And so in Hawaii and with climate change, we've seen storms increase in frequency and intensity. And then the storms or hurricanes would come in, but actually get dissipated as they get closer to um, the, closer to the islands, just because of our geographic 
um, features like our big um, volcanoes. And so we thought it was really important to include that tropical storm trigger and wind speeds because that's what we've really seen an increase in with climate change. And so we have um, tropical storm wind speeds covered under our parametric insurance policy. And if I can add just one thing to it, um, you know, the insurance is really, it's, it is one piece of a broader program that actually you know, allows us to restore the reefs over time and restore those benefits that they provide. And so the, the, the insurance we think of is it's a financial tool to help us meet our ultimate objectives. But the, there's three other key pieces to really making the insurance work for us. And that's number one, um, kind of governance and support for um, the actual collection of funds for the purchase of the insurance. Um, but there's also governance for the day of when a storm comes in and causes damage and then the response that happens. So that governance piece is really important. And that's a lot of partnership building between local organizations on the ground, um, the insurance companies as well, um, to get everything in place. And then another key piece is having a response protocol. So that response protocol is it's essentially it's a written document and it describes steps you know, from you see the storm on the horizon through, okay, now we're actually implementing a response. Um, and it outlines who does what, when, to very, very specific details so that we can actually respond in a very coordinated and fast uh, measure or fast approach. And then the third key piece, in addition to the, the insurance itself, is having on the ground people who can actually go out and do the repairs. And in Mexico, we've called these these teams reef brigades. They're essentially first responders to, to coral reefs. Um, when the damage happens, they go out, they do the assessment following the response protocol uh, and actually do the repairs and make sure that the reefs uh, continue to provide their um, benefits to us. And all of that, of course, is funded by the insurance payouts. Can you tell us more about how the Nature Conservancy plans to use the payouts from the policy to repair and restore damaged reefs in Hawaii? Thanks, absolutely. So Eric actually outlined it perfectly. Um, uh, so the first step now that we have a policy in hand is to develop that protocol and response plan, that governance that will help us coordinate an actual response. And there are all sorts of questions in that about how what exactly a response looks like in Hawaii because it won't be exactly the same as in Mexico. So our next step is actually to convene partners uh, to develop this protocol. And so we intend to, to do that uh, over the course of the next couple of months. And then down the line, uh, be able to train teams of people like Eric was talking about to be able to respond after storm events. What is Munich Re's role in the product and how was it selected to provide the coverage? Yeah, so a, a, an insurance company of Munich Re is the actual insurance provider. Uh, so they, they provide the policy and the, they take on the risk. Um, and the way that they were selected was through a competitive bidding process. So we worked with our insurance broker, Willis Towers Watson, and we went out to market and um, you know solicited bids. I think we had we had quite a few bids. It was pretty competitive, and ultimately we selected Munich Re um, for the the you know what they offered us matched what we needed and and what we were able to pay. 
Along with weather-related damage, what are some other causes of coral reef destruction? Some of the biggest threats to coral reefs are things like overfishing, pollution, and climate change. And while the Nature Conservancy Hawaii and Palmyra chapter has done a huge amount of work to address those local stressors like overfishing and pollution, it's kind of hard to think about how to locally address something as huge as climate change when you're talking about a local scale. And when I'm saying climate change, there are actually a wide array of symptoms of climate change that can affect reefs. So things like increases in ocean temperature have already caused mass coral bleaching events uh, that in Hawaii have been one of the biggest drivers of reef decline in recent years. And of course, what we're talking about today is related to the increase in frequency and severity of these storm events, which can just exacerbate that decline. So this policy and the work to rapidly respond to reef damage caused by storms is one way we've developed to start to address the damage caused by climate change at a local scale. Can you tell us more about the Nature Conservancy's work over the years in protecting repairing reefs? Yeah, you know, just briefly at the global scale, um, we, the Nature Conservancy, manage the Reef Resilience Network. And the Reef Resilience Network is really a, 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 a network to build the capacity of marine managers to more effectively manage and protect their coral reef ecosystems. And so through that group, one of the things that we've been doing are these uh, reef restoration, reef brigade training programs, uh, which Julia and Makalea can describe in more detail because they've actually done it. But the, the idea behind these reef brigade programs is to, to teach, you know, how do you actually go out and assess damage? And then how do you do those repairs? Um, and that's, of course, tied into the, the insurance because the, the reef brigades are, are supported by the payouts from the insurance. So I hand it over to Julia and Makalea to describe more about what that training actually is and, and how it works. So Eric mentioned Makalea and I actually got to attend one of these trainings in Guam last November. Uh, and that was really, uh, I think, essential for a lot of our planning in Hawaii. We basically learned uh, the, the techniques that have been used in other places in the world to respond rapidly after a storm event. So that includes things like, you know, the post-storm damage assessment, where you actually uh, do are towed behind a boat along a stretch of, of coral reefs and are marking different degrees of where that damage has happened to try to prioritize your response, uh, as well as initial, um, you know, sort of the first stage of response where there might be a ton of debris that's washed onto a reef. So clearing off the reef of, of things that could just keep rolling around and damaging that coral. Uh, and then finally, re-securing, reattaching colonies, coral colonies that have been dislodged and broken off and are, you know, just not going to survive tumbling around the bottom like that. So giving those corals another chance um, to protect the coastlines from, for the next storm event that comes through. This is actually the fun part of the insurance policy, <laughs> actually going into the water and, and doing the work and really how we can get community to be involved and to malama or take care of their place, getting them to actually participate in restoration and response. 
what does the future hold for coral reefs? Are they headed for extinction like we, we hear in some reports? And what could happen to the ocean food chain and individuals who depend on them for their food and livelihood if reefs one day vanish? I'm actually very optimistic about uh, the future of coral reefs with, with everything that we're, we're doing and working together on to address the major threats uh, at both the local and global scale. Um, I think there's so much momentum building to make sure that we do have these ecosystems in the future. And what does the future hold for the policy? What's what's kind of next in the process? What are your next steps with this? Any, any, anything new or different you see coming about going forward? So Eric can probably talk about our global programs and connecting other communities to parametric insurance and post-storm response. But definitely in Hawaii, we want to make sure that Anybody that wants to be involved in post-storm response and coral restoration is able to. And so we're working on, as Eric had said, creating the governance system so that we can work with agencies and network and decide who and what is the best place um, for this policy and, and the responders and responding agencies, but also the people of Hawaii. Like, If you are interested in protecting coral reefs and getting out there after a storm and getting your eyes on the reef and seeing what's happening post-storm and getting letting us know what's happening in your area, as well as actually going in the water and responding, taking away big woody debris or other um, other things that are causing further damage, and then also doing the actual restoration. Um, we would love for you to be able to um, be involved in our program, be trained up and get the proper training and, and know the protocols that we're developing so that we can respond um, across Hawaii to protect coral reefs. You know, for the kind of more, I guess, zooming out from, from Hawaii, you know, what I'm really excited about is Hawaii is a precedent-setting project for North America and figuring out, okay, we were able to do this for coral reefs. How do we take this to new places, new geographies throughout the United States, as well as new ecosystems? Um, so can we, can we replicate this in other places throughout the United States? And that idea about replication is really what the global team is, is most focused on. So what my goal is, like, how do we take coral reef insurance and how do we scale it geographically around the world? So right now we're working in the Bahamas to try to do coral reef insurance in the Bahamas. We're hoping to do work on coral reef insurance in Asia Pacific in the coming years. Um, but not just scaling this geogra uh, geographically, how do we actually look at taking this to new ecosystems? So we've looked at mangroves and the resilience benefits that they provide, and how can we develop mangrove insurance pro products as well? And so looking at new ecosystems. And then finally, we're also thinking about how do we scale this concept to new risks? So we know that hurricanes damage coral reefs, we also know that coral bleaching damages them. Is there a way to develop an insurance policy for coral bleaching or maybe for other, um, you know, risks that coral reefs face, like the swells from tsunamis or um, other kind of large sea swells from, uh, you know, whatever, whatever may be causing it? Or, you know, are there other, other types of risks like that that we might be able to ensure to make sure that we can provide the, the reefs the greatest opportunity to survive long-term. Have there been any payouts for coral reef insurance in Mexico? There has actually been a payout um, and that money has been deployed to be able to continue uh, building the, the ecosystem, 
back to the way that it was and hopefully uh, providing the services that it that it can do. That was the Nature Conservancy's Makalea Ane, Community Program Manager in Hawaii, Julia Rose, Hawaii Island Pro Marine Project Manager, and Eric Roberts, Climate Risk and Resilience Senior Manager of the Nature Conservancy's Global Adaptation Team. For AMBEST Audio, I'm Lori Chortis. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200, extension 5399, and have a great day.